I'd like to welcome you to our first edition of 720 in 720. Uh, my name is John Schulman. I'm the president of 720 Sports Group. 720 Sports Group is a company, a sports company that really is, in theory, is to help people dealing with sports, whether it be a player, a coach, um, young people trying to get into college uh, to, to play college athletics. So 720 and 720, this is a series for helping people, helping players, coaches, leaders, really anyone who's seeking to get better in their own field. It's going to be very informative. It's going to be very educational. It's going to be very diverse. Um, I'm a former head basketball coach at the University of Tennessee at Chattanooga. I was there for nine years, fortunate enough to go to two NCAA tournaments. I was at Tennessee Tech at Wofford, at East Tennessee State, 24 years in college coaching, eight years in high school basketball. So I've been around for a long time, know a lot of people, and uh, we're going to use those connections to have great guests on here to dive into not just winning basketball games or trying to be a better player or trying to get to the league or trying to become a, a Division three or Division two or Division one player. Uh, it, it's going to be very informative and educational. We're going to be dealing with stress and depression, and all of us going to be dealing kind of with sports, but we've got some great people that uh, have a chance and opportunity to come on here, and we're going to have a lot of fun with it. But really, to, to get things started, and, and basketball just got started, college basketball just got started, the NBA is kind of in the early stages, high school basketball is getting ready to get going, is I want to kind of go back and and become a basketball coach again and try to give you a couple tips early in the season to help you win games early in the season. Number one, play without fouling. The one shot in basketball you cannot defend is a free throw. And uh, Bobby Knight, who was one of my heroes growing up, very simple, you know, get to the foul line, get to the foul line, and whoever gets to the foul line most is going to win the majority of the basketball games. So what you're going to try to do and what we try to do at Chattanooga is play without fouling. You, you get aggressive in preseason, you're aggressive, and guys, you're almost playing football during practice, and then you get to your first scrimmage, you get to your first game, and all you do is foul, and all you do is yell at your kids for fouling. We're fouling too much. You shouldn't yell at your kids for doing that. You should yell at yourself for doing that because you've allowed them to foul in practice. If they foul in practice, they're going to foul in a game. You're going to play like you practice. So stop fouling. Fouling in practice is, is a problem, and, and run them or do whatever, it's a, it's a missed defensive principle. So if you can play without fouling and you can limit people from, from getting to the foul line, and on the other end, you can get to the foul line, you're going to have great success. And, and I think it's a simple way to play. Uh, I see guys fouling on three-point shots. And back when I was young, you never fouled the jump shooter. Well, go back to that. Stop fouling the jump shooter. Stop fouling a shooter. Uh, make them make a tough shot over a hand. Keep people off the foul line. You look at stat sheets after games, whoever gets to the foul line more, it's not the official's fault. It's your fault defensively because you're fouling too much. Our team in 09 who went to the NCAA tournament, Actually, in Steph Curry's last year at Davidson, we were pretty good at doing one thing. We could rebound a ball, but we could get to the foul line. We were second in the country in free throws attempted, and in turn, we went to the NCAA tournament and had great success. So that's number one, play without fouling and get to the foul line. Number two thought is rebounding the ball. It's not popular. It's not pretty. It's not flashy in today's world. It's, it's against everything the kids believe in. But if you can get your team to rebound a basketball, if you can get your team to not follow the flight of the ball 
Instead, a sentence that shot goes up, take a step or two step to to your man. Um, we used to teach four step process. One, find your man, point to him. Shot goes up, point to him. Take steps, make contact, whether a forearm to the chest, where they're just touching, and then box out. And the last step is go get the ball. So it's a four-step process. Get your basketball team to rebound a ball. Five guys rebound the ball, gang rebounding the ball. We talked about gang tackling the football, gang rebounding the ball. And on the other end, defensive, offensive boards, defensive balance, are you getting enough people to the offensive boards? If you're fortunate to have a staff, you need to have a rebounding coach. You need to have a rebounding coach to watch. They'll rebound the ball in a drill. They will do the drills right. All right, but can they carry the drills to the game? Have a rebounding coach. Have a box-out coach. And on the other end, that rebounding coach, are, are you guys getting to the offensive glass? Making sure you've got three or four guys getting to the offensive glass. And is your one man or whoever you're sending back on D, are they, are they sprinting back or are they just jogging back? Because they sprint back, that helps you transition D. So very simple. Rebound a ball. I think if you'll just defend and rebound, it keeps you in every game. Ask Earl Grant down at College of Charleston. They don't play flashy, but they do go to NCAA tournaments because they defend and they rebound the basketball. The next thing, and that that was really number two. The next thing, number three, is win the special situations. Special situations, what most people think of as being down one or down two with with three seconds to go, and what are you going to run? My idea of special situations is to do these other things so you don't have to be in that situation. All right? So defend under OB, under OBD, and under OBO. Are you very good in under OBD and under OB offense? Are you really good inside OBO and side OBD? And then the last special situation is free throw offense and free throw defense. All right, and those three situations right there, if you will work on those situations, you will have a better opportunity to win basketball games. And here's what I'm saying. Under OB defensively, are, are, you, are, you, are you doing different things? I always thought as an offensive coach, um, if, if I knew you were playing zone or you're playing man every single time and I know what you're going to do, I'm going to slice and dice you. If you give me curveballs, if you change up your defenses, I'm going to have a problem with that. Our team's going to have a problem with that. So try to change up as much as you can under OB defensively. Doing unique things. We did some unique things at Chattanooga that we had great success with. But if you're going to play man-to-man, the key guy in man-to-man defensively under OB is the guy guarding the inbounder. They think, they're, they, think they don't have to do anything. You have five defenders against four offensive players. The offense really has the advantage there, but turn the tables on them. Use that fifth guy who's not guarding anybody who is moving and make sure he's doing something. Matt McMahon at Murray State called it. He, he's the, he cleans up the mess. So make sure the guy guarding the ball cleans up all messes. If you get screened, if you get you mess up a switch, he cleans up all messes. We put him, we put him, his head underneath the net, underneath the rim, and made sure he was active. If you want to put him on the ball, then that's fine. Guard the ball, then pressure the basketball because the inbounder can't move. So make sure he's doing what he's supposed to do, cleaning up all messes. Side OB defensively, we did a lot of trapping. So if you wanted to throw it in the backcourt, throw it in the backcourt, we won that battle. That means you weren't doing what you wanted to do offensively. So you got to spend time. If you if 
you know, under OBO, side OBO, those things are important, but you have to spend time. Just don't throw them in a day before your first game and think you're going to be successful. Those are the things that change that really separate great coaches from good coaches. Because most of the time in league play, it's going to be plus five, minus five with five to play. And and now when you like to have that possession back um, offensively or defensively under OB. All right. The the other one I, I want to mention is free throw O and free throw D. Are you working free throw D? Are you working on boxing out? Is he taking a step up to his guy he's supposed to be boxing out, or is he taking a step out? More games are won and lost on the daggum foul line if you can't rebound the ball. If you don't believe me, watch a couple years ago the Final Four in Oregon. Jordan Bell could not box out on the foul line. Spend time. Spend time watching on film. Your first step's got to be up, not out. It's vital. You got four guys, and all you got to do is really box out two guys and the shooter. How many times do you see the shooter get the offensive rebound? Enough to bother you, enough to make sure that you have got to be, it's got to be very, very important that, that you're boxing out the shooter and that you're boxing out you're boxing out the other two guys on the foul line. Very important situation. Now, offensively, the other two guys, are you crossing? Are you spinning? Are you doing anything offensively to go get a rebound? And make sure that daggum free throw shooter doesn't get involved. He is not to go rebound the ball. Watch the Memphis game the other night, Memphis and Tennessee Tech, and, and a guy that was outside the three-point line tried to go offensive rebound on, on a free throw and crossed the free throw shooter and was a violation. Well, it's no big deal when you're up 17, but it's a big deal when you're up two. You better take care of that situation early. You better take care of that situation early. Last thing I want to talk about, is timeouts. Timeout situation. Sprint to the bench. Sprint to the bench as fast as you can if you're a player. Make them sprint to the bench. One, you look like a better team. You look like a winner. No one's griping and complaining. If you have an opportunity to sit down, if it's a media timeout or a longer timeout, make sure your point guard is sitting right in front of you. Have a timeout organization. Your your point guard is sitting right in front of you to his left or your four and your five man. To his right, all right, looking at him is your two and three. Make sure your subs, your two and three subs are standing behind the two and three. Make sure your one subs are standing behind the one. Make sure your fours and five subs are standing behind the fours and fives. Now you're talking to every player. If you have an opportunity, it, some people don't have an opportunity to do this and their, their court situation is different. But it's harder. Those guys, if they're standing, if the subs are standing behind you, I will promise you they're, they're not listening or they can't hear or it's loud. And, and then you're getting a screwed up situation because you have to sub. They don't know what D you're in. They don't know what O you're in. If the people are standing behind the, their positions, you're really talking to everybody at that at that time. Just four little quick thoughts right there that you can early in the season, maybe you can get ahead of the game. So we're going to have a lot of fun with this. We appreciate you listening and um, get ready, get ready for the series.